0: Hi friends, there's a lot over here, I feel like I'm (laughs) leaning this way. Um, We're going to be in Ephesians 4 this week and next I get to teach, so you can do your schedule accordingly, you can go for a long bike ride next week, or you can join us again next week. Uh, But I just want to read it real quick, we're going to do the first half this week, and then the second half next week. Uh, Ephesians 4. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining the whole measure of the fullness of christ then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming instead speaking the truth in love we will grow to become Uh, In every respect, a mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body is joined and held together. But every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. I am an artist, and uh, uh, my friends and family will ask me to teach their kids art. And this is one of the first lessons that I will teach kids. And it is the awesome power of eyebrows. Eyebrows. We're gonna leave the face the same, and all we're gonna do is change the eyebrows. There you go. You went from a happy face to a what? Sad or worried face, right? And again, just changing the eyebrows. Now he's angry, or she. And lastly, I don't know, you call that surprised or extra happy. All you're doing is changing the eyebrows and the whole face changes, right? And similarly, this is a picture of me. Uh, can anybody guess what is wrong with me in this picture? And I don't mean emotionally wrong with me. <laughs> Physically wrong with me. Can anybody guess what's going on? Yeah, it's a physical. It's a uh, medical ailment. It's called Bell's palsy. There's a uh, there's a nerve in the back of your face, and when it gets inflamed or pinched, it paralyzes half of your face. I was brushing my teeth, and suddenly I realized toothpaste and I. My face wasn't working so we rushed to the ER and they gave us expensive tests that they later told us they didn't have to give us. (laughs) He told me that I have Bell's palsy and there's nothing you can do about it. You just need to go home and rest and usually it goes back to normal. And the operative word was usually it goes back to normal, that I could have been stuck like this. And my mouth tasted like it sucked, I was sucking on pennies uh, the whole time, which was really strange, scary and strange. Uh, but just to show you how acute it is, I blocked off half the face. You can't tell that the other half of the face is all scrunched up. I'm literally trying to scrunch my face there, and the same is true on the other side. You can't tell that the other side of my face is completely placid. And just because I thought it was funny, I... Um, did two left sides of my face. <laughs> and then two uh, right sides of my face. <laughs> and if you go back and forth, it looks like my face is melting a little bit, you know. <laughs> and then a little over a week later, I was, I was back to normal. Uh, scary, but back to normal. So I want you to keep these images in mind as we go through Ephesians 4. Trust me, there is a relationship between <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, but we're in verse number one. Uh, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. He uh, did a bunch of missionary journeys. This was his third one. He spent three years in Ephesus. uh, And now he's at the end of his life. It's about 62 AD. He's about to be beheaded for his life uh, serving Jesus. If you don't know Paul's story, it's great. He persecuted the truth. The church ruthlessly, and then Jesus got a hold of him, and then he pursued Jesus ruthlessly the rest of his life. And uh, so he's at the end of the life, and he's writing back to this church in Ephesus that he's been about six years removed from. Uh, And Ephesus is a large city, the third largest city in Rome, behind Rome, Alexandria, and then Ephesus. And that's about 200,000 or 250,000 people, which is a pretty good-sized city today, much less back then. And Ephesus was known for their temple, the Temple of Artemis, or Diana. It was considered one of the seven wonders of the world back then. So a pretty well-known city that Paul is writing back to. Uh, And this is, there's three paragraphs we're going to go through here. And the first one um, is unity. Can you say unity for me? And the next one is activity. And the last one is maturity. And this first one is uh, unity together. And this next verse is the DNA for unity. Um, be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love this is what we strive for all four of these things I shared a few weeks ago the hardest for me is in the morning with my sons (laughs) or at night Uh, Friday Luke and I have breakfast every Friday and Friday we got into an argument we don't usually but we got into an argument and I suddenly started talking like this To make my point clear that I want it, you know, suddenly I am just the opposite of all four of these things. I'm not humble. I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. I'm certainly not speaking gently to him. Um, I'm not being patient, listening to what he has to say, and bearing my son up in love is what I'm not doing. And hopefully, you all have somebody in your mind that this really hard for you to do. I think most of us do have somebody or people that we have a hard time gravitating and doing these, you know, these four things too. Um, this is this um, if you're operating outside of these four things. This is if you take the two eyebrows and you remove them they're not even part of the body right not unified at all even if you're on the body and doing things you shouldn't be doing but completely removed from the body is what we're talking about or this one is an example this is the second law of thermodynamics uh, and it says that what's going to happen in this picture what's going to be next it's going to even out the law of thermodynamics says everything's going to even out to sort of a state of disorder and emotionally that I think that's what we tend to do because we hurt people we somebody hurt me I hurt you hurt people hurt people so we tend to gravitate away from each other emotionally without. God's intervention, and with a lot, of, a lot of effort to stay close together. In order to stay unified, especially as a body of believers, the image we're saying is a body of Christ, Christ is our head, to stay unified, it takes a lot of effort to make that happen. And there's usually four things that keep us from being unified. This is separate from the text. I'm going to go through them really quickly. And hopefully these are, none of these are um, revelations to you. This is called uh, Biggs. I don't know why that's not... I don't know why the back one's not disappearing. There we go. Okay, bigs. the first one is blessings and curses over your life. When I was little, I, I saw an eagle across the lake uh, in a tree and my dad said, Rick, you have an eagle eye. And the rest of my life, I believe that I have good eyesight and I am observant. Uh, conversely, when I was in high school, the youth pastor's wife was, made a joke about the size of my nose. I was never conscious about it before, but since then, I was conscious about the size of my nose. Those are two silly examples. Harsh examples are, you're worthless, you're an idiot, you'll never amount to anything. These words that have been spoken over our lives take residence in our heart, and we need to do work. In the name of Jesus Christ, Break those words off your life and move together in truth and freedom. Uh, So that's B, bigs. The next one is injustices. Those are the things that happen to you. You have been physically abused, sexually abused. You grew up super poor. You have some sort of physical ailment. Whatever it is, these are the things that happen to us. And how we respond to those things, hurt people hurt people, if you don't know how to deal with that, you're going to have a hard time being unified in Christ. All right, the third one is uh, generational sin. The Bible talks about sins of the father going to the third and fourth generation your grandmother was an alcoholic your mom was an alcoholic you're an alcoholic that idea your grandmother uh, suffered from anxiety your dad suffers from anxiety you suffer from anxiety again those are generational patterns that can be broken off your life in the name of Jesus Christ and start new patterns for your family right that takes effort to make that happen Uh, the law of thermodynamics you need energy to keep that together right and the last one is simply just sins. this is no one else's fault, this is your fault. The things we do and say and believe in rebellion to God, just build up stuff inside of us that hurt other people, that keep us from getting close together. Are you tracking with me? Okay, a little quiet out there. Kind of hard to, hard to judge how the room's going. Uh, so the next one is, Um, This is probably a liturgy they spoke back then, that they would say this over and over again in gatherings, so they would, you know, be reminded of these things. And we could spend 10, 15 minutes on each one of these, right? We'll just go through them really quick. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism and God and the father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Being one in all of those things is really important, right? Uh, And I could talk about all of them, but just want to talk about one really quickly, and that is a unified in faith, that we believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only way to heaven. That is an unpopular thing nowadays that there are many ways to heaven but there is just one the bible the bible says it says in acts there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved that's jesus name jesus himself said i am the way the truth and the life No one comes to the Father but through me. To be unified just in that fact alone brings us together, right? I'm going to spend a lot more time in this first paragraph. The other ones are going to go a lot faster. Um, And so as I think about Christian communities that I have been a part of throughout my lifetime, it's the people that have been unified in the facts, uh, you know, the facts that we go through right here. And then the second chapter or paragraph, and we're going to do a little more detail. Okay, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And these are the gifts that he gives the leadership of the church. Uh, these five things. Unfortunately, in Western society, we think that the pastor should have all five of these things, <laughs> which is not healthy. A pastor should have at least one really strong and maybe one other ones. We shouldn't expect them to do all three, all five of these. But let's just go through them really quickly. The first one is apostles. This is not just the 12 apostles, but the gift of apostleship. And these are people that just like to start things. They like to plant churches, start ministries. It's just, they can't help themselves, right? And the next one is is prophets. And this is sort of controversial. Um, I have a lot of knowledge and experience, but don't feel like I have a lot of authority. I am not your pastor. I'm just a placeholder for a little bit. Uh, But just to say that the prophetic is just hearing from the Lord right here, right now. What do you have to say for us? Um, And Paul, at the end of his life now, is still mentioning this gift Um, And when he lists the gifts, he always puts prophecy in the top one or two gifts that Paul thinks this is really important. And that would be another whole other teaching that would be really great for our church at some point, I think. Uh, And then the next one is evangelists. These are the people that find it really easy to connect the dots of faith. You know, you've been loving your friend for five or six years, hoping they journey closer to Christ. And then the evangelist comes in and just like... And they can give their lives to Christ. These are the people that are just really gifted in that. And I, could, I would give up all my gifts to be really good at that. But that's kind of the one I'm the worst at. Um, and then the last one, the Greek here sort of links these two. It's not five individual gifts, but it sort of links pastors and teachers together. Uh, and pastors is the idea of a shepherd, someone that comes alongside and takes care of people's hearts and their needs. They just naturally pull people together. And then uh, the last one is teachers. That is my gift. You know, you put me in a room by myself, I'm going to teach the chair something. It just comes out of me. I can't, I can't help it. And those gifts, those five gifts are given to the body for a reason. And he gives us the next reason. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything in my notes. I'm flying through here. Yeah, a couple things I missed in the first time. If we have time, I'll go back and do the other ones. Um, To equip his people for works of service, that the reason those five gifts are given so that we as the body of Christ may be activated to go do things in your gifting. That just to sit there, remember my face in that picture? How it was, remember my face? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, this is what the body of Christ is like sometimes. There are people that are active and using their gifts, but there's whole chunks of, of parts of the body of Christ that are paralyzed. They're not using the gifts that God has given them. And so God is saying, hey, I give these five big gifts to activate the rest of the body to operate in your, in your own gifting. Does that make sense? And those, when we are activated in our own gifting, some really cool things happen. Um, See if I can get to my place here again. (laughs) I'm just going to read it. So that's harder to find. Um, So let's see. Equip people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith knowledge in the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. When we as a body, are, all of us are active in using our gifts and serving the body, serving the lost, serving those least of these, our neighbors, that is when unity happens, that is when maturity begins to happen. Um, the best Christian communities I have been a part of is when we're unified, but most importantly, it's when we are on mission together, when we're all going and doing something together, that's when the, the, the fellowship gets really, really sweet. I was part of a college ministry down in California. We were all discipling college students, and it was just the sweetest fellowship we've ever been a part of. I was part of a cool home church community. I'm kind of bent more towards non-traditional home church ideas. Uh, part of a home church community, and a leader really challenged us to go and be missional together. So we were part of this organization called Multi-Faith, and they grabbed people from all faiths, and they grabbed our little group and they attached us with somebody who had AIDS and her name was Brandy and she was an addict. And suddenly we all, the community went like (laughs) like this. How do we figure this out? How do we love her well? She keeps hurting me. I feel hurt. How do you? It just pulled us together really quickly. We went to pick up her friend Mark and his girlfriend Karina. And I was with my friend Naomi. And I knocked on the door. And the door opened. And Mark had blood all over his face. And Karina was yelling in the back room. And I stood there. and. What do I do right now? I have no idea what to do right now. That when you're following Jesus, active in your faith, you're often put in situations where you don't know what to do. And you have to turn to Jesus that pulls you together to get unity in the body. Tracking with me? Okay. Amen. All right. And we'll do this last paragraph. Uh, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. Luke turned 18. I took him to California. What do you want to do? One of the things he wanted to go surfing. And I surfed in California. I haven't surfed in 10 years. And it is super hard on your arms. You start paddling out. You have to duck dive the first wave, push the nose down, and it breaks over you, and you come up, and then you start swimming, and the waves are going out, and it feels like you're not moving at all. And then the next wave comes, and you duck down, and it, I mean, your arms are just noodles. And then by the time you get out there, you think, there's no way I can push my arms up to surf. Like, your arms are just hanging, right, Luke? <laughs> That's how you feel, right? Or, or Jesus calls it infants, is the, the word that he uses here. And what he's saying, and I know these are strong terms and you can disagree with me, but if you are not unified in the body of Christ, if you are living isolated, I know COVID makes it different. Those looking online, if you're isolated because of COVID, that's different. But if there was no COVID and you are isolated away from the body of Christ, not accountable to anybody, nobody's getting into your junk. That is not the way to operate. And if you are part of the body, you need to be using your gifts to advance the body, right? To serve the body. Those two things, if you're not doing those, Paul likens you or us to infants, that you are like baby Henry here. This is Henry when he was a little tiny kid. That if you're not active, we would encourage everyone to be active. I struggle with the first one, to be connected. It's like I'll be connected and then I'll disconnect from a group of guides that I'm meeting with on a regular basis and I forget. Oh yeah, I need to be reconnected. And being on the leadership team has been that for me, that I was disconnected. And it is a, it's not a frictionless environment on the leadership team. We argue, we yell at each other, we say we're sorry, but we're all pointed in a direction and it's pulled us together. Okay, I'm going a little bit over. Let me hurry up here. Um, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every kind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful skinning. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every uh, respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love, the, the Greek here tells us that speaking the truth of the gospel in love, not necessarily speaking the truth to to each other in love right but I think by association we can sort of do that as well that uh, like my one of my kids I speak the truth a little more than I speak it in love you know I default to criticism Uh, or other people I know I should speak the truth to them in love but I'm afraid of their reaction so I don't do it conflict avoidance is is what I struggle with and probably many of you struggle with when to Be in conflict and when not to be in conflict, which is really hard. From him, the whole body is joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's grow in love together and each part do his work. Let me rewind just for a second to the very first chapter. Um, Those four things sometimes feel like it's robbing me of being a man, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. My misconstrued uh, image of what a man is says if I do those things, I'm not a man, if I'm gentle, that that I'm not a man. That is a false dichotomy. I can still be a man. I love having a single malt scotch. I love watching baseball. I love those manly things, right? But to say that you can, as a man, I can only speak as a man, that you can do those four things with confidence and still not just be a man, but be a great man in those four things. And then the other thing I'll close with this is that sometimes in my life, in your life, God does tectonic plate shifts in my life where it's one way in me and suddenly, boom, he changes it almost overnight. Passivity was a really big one for me. I was super passive, procrastinated all the time. And then at one time in a prayer session, God just said, you are not that way anymore, and I changed. I suffered from an addiction that I'd love to share with you at some time. And overnight, God took that away from me, those tectonic plate shifts. But in other areas of my life, my short temper, It feels like a glacier is slowly melting, like why God can't you melt this faster? It is slowly, he may wipe it out at one point, but I think both those are okay, that sometimes God will help you break through in tectonic plate shifts and sometimes it's like a slow glacier starting to melt the things that keep us from being together, right? It takes effort to get us together, okay? Let me close this in prayer real quick. Lord, we do pray for those, those three things for our body, that we would be unified, we would really work hard and put effort into understanding what is keeping us from being together, uh, that we would be um, active in what you have given us, and that we would be mature in our body. In Jesus' name, amen.